Hello and welcome back to episode three of the Formula Focus podcast. As always, I am your host, Chloe Logan, and I am delighted to once again be joined by my good friend and Racing Post journalist, Owen Goulding. As always, we have a lot to discuss, so let's get straight on into it. Um, but this week, we've decided to change it up a little bit. We're going to start by talking about the F2. Makes a change though, doesn't it, Owen? It's a bit of a change, a change, isn't it? We do love a bit of a change. Got to shake it up. We have got to shake it up. But anyway, like I said, we've got a lot to talk about, so let's get going. Um, F2. They've not got a race this weekend. They do not. But there was a lot that happened last time out, wasn't there? There was. It was a bit of a, um, a crazy weekend. The, well... I say crazy weekend. The feature race was absolutely dominated by Felipe uh, Drogovic, and the sprint was pretty much dominated by Liam Lawson. But I think we'll get on. You'll get into it in a minute. Uh, the sprint race was a bit carnage filled. Yes, but obviously you did mention that Drogovic won the and dominated the feature race. Yes. Uh, he obviously leads the championship because of it. But um, it was his first win since November 2020. So it's been a little bit of a long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a long time between drinks for him. I think it's thoroughly deserved. Obviously, he's been very good in qualifying since he last won. So it's certainly not winning out of turn. Um, I think Brazil has certainly got something to be uh, very proud of at the moment. And obviously, you did say um, he dominated the feature race. He did finish with a massive gap over second place for sure with a 2.389 second gap, which... In F2, that's it's quite, quite something. Yeah, it's yeah. quite large. And then there was obviously an even bigger gap back to Daruvalo, who himself had a very uh, had a very tumultuous race, didn't he? Yes. But obviously in the feature race, there wasn't too much to talk about. I think the only other thing to touch on was the fact that we had two retirees, Lawson and Porsche, both retired. Yes. And obviously those two are quite big title contenders, so... There could be uh, consequences for that later on in the season. Hopefully not, but it's obviously not the uh, F2 is very unforgiving in that sense because the calendar is a lot smaller. So, yes, thirteen be... races I think this year. Yes, um, yeah. I say there's not really much else to touch on. I've just looked back at my notes and realised we have got a couple more things to talk about. Yes, <laughs> um, in terms of the feature race, obviously massive like shout out and I think Daruvula did sort of show his class obviously i know you said there was quite a big gap to him finishing in third but he had a very good race making it up from 14th where he started to finish third yeah i mean that's a you can't understate how good that performance is considering Jeddah's obviously a street circuit so i think it's one of the easier overtaking street circuits but obviously with how feisty people are in f2 in terms of uh defending etc i think it can't be understated how impressive that was from him yeah, I think I completely agree. And then, obviously, the other thing we've got to talk about with the feature race before we get on to the chaotic sprint race, and we say chaotic a lot with F2, so we're going to try not to use it too much today. Um, but the other thing to talk about with the feature race is obviously Hughes managed to get over his disqualification from the sprint, which, like I said, we'll get onto in a second. Yes. Um, obviously, he started in ninth and ended up finishing in fourth, which, after the, obviously the disappointment of being DQ'd, is quite. Like, I think he did himself proud and ended up with a good result from the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. He salvaged quite a bit from that. Um, obviously, fourth is nothing to be uh, 
Nothing to be scoffed at in F2, given how competitive it is. So, you know, no, points win prizes. Happily, I think anyone would happily take fourth after, obviously, the weekend he had. Um, 100%. With being disqualified. And obviously, it was in the sprint. So we'll get on to the sprint now. Um, I feel like I'm rushing today, but I have said there's a lot. As I've said, there is a lot for us to talk about. Yes. So <laughs> is it going to be a jam-packed episode? It really is. <laughs> Um, obviously, you did say that Lawson sort of dominated, but he did win a drama-filled race. Um, yes. It was his first win of the season. Quite surprising, actually. Um, but as I say, I think that's just purely because of how competitive it all is. I mean, there's a lot of drivers in there who surprisingly haven't won races yet. Obviously, we're only four in, but I think there's some big names who are still yet to shed their maiden tag. Yeah, I think they're all just waiting sort of feels a bit like waiting their turn at the moment but it does um obviously he did win the race but it was his third consecutive podium uh yeah in a row <laughs> that's yeah. what consecutive means <laughs> it does um and again that kind of consistency we've talked about how short the calendar is and how competitive it is if you're getting podiums that consistently that's what's going to win your titles um schumacher proved that obviously he wasn't prolific in the win department really but he kept chipping away and I think that's yeah. going to stand Lawson in good stead. And obviously I did mention that it was a drama-filled race. There were three safety car restarts, which we... I mean, I know we said on the last episode that we thought um, the F1 race would be a little bit more dramatic, but it turned out it was the F2 race that was a little bit dramatic. Yeah, I think we might have jinxed it a bit by saying that they were on good behaviour in the uh, race before, but... But no, I think it's kind of to be expected in a race like Jeddah. Um, I, I think on the whole, obviously, it was it made for an exciting race. Obviously, I'm I'm a big fan of them They're doing the uh, standing starts rather than the uh, safety car restarts like they have in recent years. So it kind of all adds the spice. I mean, obviously, there were people who lost out as a result of the safety cars because obviously the first no. safety car was a result of Cordill who lost control and ended up hitting the wall. Um second was a collision at the back between Doohan and Sargent and then the third uh you had Armstrong who spun on track and lost the engine I'm not sure how he managed to lose an engine I feel like that's quite a big part um if he finds it well you know he'll have to let everyone know but <laughs> I like that one it's made me yeah. chuckle <laughs> we love a joke on the podcast we do <laughs> but obviously the third restart after the safety car um there was one that remaining when racing resumed which uh we've been there before haven't we we have in that race that shall not be named uh, <laughs> punishable by death yeah we i think we all know what we're talking about but we're not going to talk about it um yes. but obviously williams did end up losing out um in that final restart and he ended up finishing the race in fifth which obviously it's a bit of a shame for him but then Lawson, you know, went on to win as a result ahead of Vips in second and Hughes in third. Yes. Before he then got disqualified. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I say, at least he salvaged something. He did salvage something. Um, yeah, so that's F2. Obviously no race this weekend and no race for F3. And also there wasn't any F3 last week. So we've got no F3 to talk about. No, which is a bit disappointing, but given we have other series that we could, uh, that we're going to have to discuss, I think it's probably a small mercy. Yes. 
we do have one to discuss which we've not mentioned at all yet this during this series obviously that is formula e we do have a an e pre this weekend but we'll get onto that a little bit later because i first want to talk about the f1 the big one we're back in yes. melbourne we are i'm very happy to be i know i've missed it it feels weird not starting the season in melbourne it's what i'm used to yeah i'm i'm I've come kind of accustomed and joyful at the 4am start for the race, but we've kind of been deprived of that in recent years. Obviously, there have been quite a bit of uh, changes to the track, which we'll get on to. Yeah. It's going to be weird, though, having to get up early on Sunday morning. It is. Not used um, to that. Haven't had that for a little while. Um, uh, So, yeah, obviously, we're back in Australia. Yes. Um. Should we talk about what happened last time in Australia? Yes, we've got to go quite a way back, haven't we? Back to 2019. Obviously, you had three rookies. Three, what, what was that? Three rookies on the yeah. taking to the track in fresh-faced Lando Norris, George Russell and Alex Albon. Yeah, I think they will of... be hoping to do a little bit better than they did back then. I would hope so, although I'm not completely sure that Albon will be able to do better than what he did in 2019 given his pretty horrendous machinery but we will see we will see but obviously Lando I think will be hoping for better than 12th yeah but when you're looking at this season um you're going to a track where you've got lots of uh, high-speed corners and you need a power-packed engine I think there might be some cause for concern for McLaren yeah, and obviously I think there might be a little bit of cause concern for uh, Mercedes as well, because obviously you've got the new layout of the track. Yes, um, which obviously, uh, as I alluded to, the Mercedes engines are going to struggle, I would imagine, with how they've laid out the uh, circuit now. Obviously they've opened up quite a few of the corners, and there's a few now that are flat out when they weren't previously. And there's also the small matter of four DRS zones, which is mad um i'm not sure how to feel about that i don't know it's a weird one obviously we're so used to just having three rather than four and it's it'll be interesting yeah. though to see i think um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens um whether it kind of promotes better racing but it could kind of go either way i think if they make it too easy then you know <laughs> we could end up with just a drs train I know I was going to say that I feel like it could end up being a DR chain, but I didn't want to jinx it. No. <laughs> we did that last week. Yeah, if we don't acknowledge it, um, it might not happen. So it's going to be a nice, great race with these new aer aerodynamic rules. They're going to be, everyone's going to be following everyone really close. There's going to be lots of overtakes. And that's that. <laughs> that is that. You've said it. That's what's yeah. happening. Um, I've spoken. And Owen's word is final, as we all know. <laughs> as, as we know from last week's predictions so all right well your top three might have come true but my bold prediction came true so that's two in a row now for me your not so bold bold prediction um but, yeah but what know. about your bold prediction of the stafford and leclerc crashing where was that look these two are just surprising me with how clean they can race um i, I still cannot believe that some of the stuff that happened in Jeddah. Obviously, you had the uh, the battle for DRS at that one point where they both locked up into the last corner with a couple of laps to go, stuff like that. I feel like if that had been for Salmon and Hamilton, they definitely would have come together. 
I mean, they oh, did. Sure. I mean, they te- they did in similar circumstances last year, but. Sorry, I couldn't catch my breath then. Um, obviously, Leclerc and Verstappen. I feel like that is going to be our main talking point this year. Yes. You know, we've seen it now. Um, obviously, I would like someone else to be up there fighting, so it's not just the two of them because I feel like people would get bored. Um, I want to put you on the spot right now. Oh, Obviously, right, we've yeah. we've we've had two races. We've seen Leclerc and Verstappen battle in both of them. Who do you think at the end of the season will come out on top? You see, that's a tricky one. Um, I think both of them are mentally fragile. I, I think, in some senses, <laughs> which is it sounds really mean when I say it, but it, it's not. I just think Verstappen obviously has shown in the races thus far that he can be a bit those childish tendencies of whining on the radio are still there. Leclerc has his tendency to be stupid um, from time to time. I I think they've both got kind of gaps in their arsenal. Um, So I I think it's going to end up coming down to the development race. And I think... Ferrari may end up winning that out. They're usually quite good at developing their cars, and obviously they've had more to more to develop because of their um, bad placings in the last couple of seasons, constructors-wise. So I think Leclerc might come out on top. Interesting. We may yours? revisit that conversation later down the line. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Um, obviously, McLaren—they've figured something out. <laughs> Well, they figured well, out how to capitalise on car. other people's mistakes. I feel like. Right, okay. Well, they, but they figured it out with one car, at least. Yeah. Not the perfect result, but... It's progress, isn't it? I mean, Norris... It is progress. Norris was competitive against other midfield cars, which you couldn't say in the previous race. I think I he was obviously like... close with Ocon and Gasly, which is positive. I just don't like the fact that we're calling... McLaren a midfield car at the moment. It is sad, isn't it? It is sad. sad. Because we all had grand expectations of McLaren. Uh, I think everyone was kind of pining for that Norris Hamilton kind of Verstappen feud at the front. And we've ended up with Hamilton going backwards. Well, not Hamilton, but Mercedes going backwards. And McLaren going backwards. Ferrari taking a humongous step forward. Red Bull just being Red Bull. It's kind of it's not. It's an anticlimax, but it's not an anticlimax. It's unexpected. I think is that's probably the. Better I feel line. like we all into this season with like it's going to be a four horse race, and it's not. It's just the prancing horses and the bulls. Yeah, which is poetic <laughs> at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is quite sad, though, isn't it? Like it is. Like you said, had these expectations for McLaren and I think McLaren as a team also had a lot of expectation which I don't know what's gone wrong I don't don't know how yeah I I don't think they know how how it's gone so wrong themselves because obviously they've had so long to develop this car and they've gone in such a bad direction with it and again you can't fully blame the Mercedes engine obviously Mercedes engine is bad which is contributing but there's also got to be some blame on the aerodynamics, etc. So you have to then wonder. I would, I would also then say maybe you've got Mercedes also wondering how it's gone so wrong because 
they're not up there performing either. And obviously Hamilton had things gone differently in the race, had certain retirements not forced the pit lane to be closed, had he pitted at different moments with regard to safety cars. But he had things fallen in the right place for him. His race would have ended better, but obviously it didn't go to plan once again for Hamilton. I think the fact that I think the main talking point for me from the entire weekend was Hamilton getting knocked out in Q1 because oh, sure. he's usually very good at kind of developing his machinery to how he wants it to be. Obviously, you know, you can see that how that's developed with him dominating with Mercedes. So the fact that he is this uncomfortable with his car says volumes about how awful the Mercedes is. And obviously Russell finished 30 oh, seconds off and he had a fairly clean yeah. race. And um, I think also the fact that, well, firstly, Hamilton got knocked out by Stroll. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Crazy. But also the fact that then George had a, compared to Hamilton, had a decent qualifying session. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Saturday hasn't really been, been... Mr. Saturday this season quite yet. Um, hopefully we'll we'll get to see more of that later on in the campaign, but... I've just been a bit underwhelmed with George Russell thus far, I think. Yeah. I, I thought that I, we'd have more from him. I think... I, I know I said it to you last season. I think he needed to go from Williams to a mid-field team before then going to Mercedes. So I yeah. feel like it is a lot of pressure on him. There's a lot of expectation. And I feel like it's just not everyone's sort of like you say underwhelmed by it all like it's yeah i don't think it's helping that bottas is doing so well in that alfa romeo either i mean that's kind of (laughs) bigging up his expectations given how well bottom i mean bottas pretty much put the alfa romeo on his back and carried it thus far this season yeah it does sort of just i i know like i say i feel like russell would have been better off being in I don't even know what team he would have gone to, but an Alfa Romeo, a Alpine, an Aston Martin, like just as a stepping stone more than anything. Yeah, I, I kind of almost wish that we'd never seen him in Sakia step in for Hamilton. I feel yeah. like that skewed our expectations a bit too much. I feel like that that did like sort of put tinted glasses on yes. everything and everyone's expectations for Russell. But Obviously, the teams have had an extra week in between races, so hopefully the Mercedes and the McLarens could have maybe done some small development to just be a little bit better. Yeah, obviously in the development camp, Mercedes were meant to be bringing a new rear wing, which hasn't surfaced from what I've read, which is not good news considering Red Bull have actually brought updates to this weekend from what I understand. Um, it's, it's not Maybe looking particularly Mercedes good. are just keeping it close to their chests. They're going to sandbag for the first half of the season, oh, and then there we go. Yeah, I got got it in there. Got the sandbagging in there. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. Yeah, but it, from what you'd read on Twitter, you, there are people who genuinely believe Mercedes are just sandbagging still. Um, yeah, what but can you why? say to that? Why would you like? Everyone's just thinking you're rubbish. 
I think we people just need to accept <laughs> that Mercedes are just a bit a bit crap. They've just not got it right at the moment. No, and they'll definitely come back into it. But yeah, maybe in like the second half of the season. Yeah, when it's probably going to be too late by that point. But I don't I, want I... that to be the case. And now that I've said it, I regret saying it because I feel like I might have jinxed it. It's too late, unfortunately. Whoopsie. Sorry, Mercedes. If that does happen, you can blame it on me. Yeah, we'll come back <laughs> to this moment. Yes. Um. And then obviously the other thing we need to talk about from uh Jeddah is there were three retirements in one lap. Yeah, that was a bit crazy. I mean, we've used cra- the word crazy far too much uh, in this podcast already, but... We need to come up with a synonym. We'll work on that for next yeah, time. Yeah, we'll get there next time, but... <laughs> yeah, it was a bit... I'm not going to say crazy. Um, obviously, you had Bottas running so well for his engine to overheat and take him out of the reckoning. Alonso obviously broke down, and so did Ricardo, all within his the space of a lap. Yeah. just... It's sad very sad i think alonso was having a great race so was bottas ricardo (laughs) not so much but i was gonna say not so much but i think it was a bit disappointing to kind of see alonso and bottas come out of the reckoning because they were having that brilliant battle for kind of fifth sixth and seventh before they went out yeah i feel like those two were providing the entertainment that we all wanted yeah it just stopped and i, thought, yeah. oh, and I, I well. think it shows how underappreciated bossas has been and i've been guilty of kind of saying he's overrated he never deserved his mercedes yes, suit. i've been very guilty you of that i've been guilty of that and i'll hold my hands up and admit i didn't think bossas deserved his seat in the last two or three seasons but he has been probably the driver of the season i mean we've already two races in but he's definitely driver of the season thus far he's been yeah he's been doing things in that alfa romeo that shouldn't be possible much like another Finn who actually has a world championship. but And obviously there is one other thing we do need to mention about this weekend with Formula 1 is Vettel is back. Finally. We've got the full grid back. Yay. Yeah, I feel like we've been missing Vettel's kind of... Uh, just his aura. I think that Vettel just brings something to every weekend. We just need that other veteran on the track. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously... Yeah. He just brings it, something different. Aston's results probably are making him wish he still had COVID, but fingers crossed yeah, but they've maybe, some updates. Maybe that's... Maybe Vettel can be the one to change it. Hopefully so, because obviously Aston did finish so. last and second last on the track um, yes. in Jeddah, so it can't get any worse. That's the, the upside. I feel like we've covered enough for F1. <laughs> I think we have. Um, top three for the weekend. Go on. Oh, that's put me on the spot. Um, well, you go... gave to me in episode one, so I'm just getting true, back. True, true. But obviously I'm going to take it on the chin and not cry about it. And I'm going to say that Leclerc's going to win the race. Cry. Yeah, whatever you say. Um, Leclerc's going to win the race, I think. Obviously it's going to be a, a track that suits Ferrari. They've got a great engine. The cars look like he's on, been on rails at points this season. So I'm going to go for a Leclerc victory. Uh, a nice one-two for Ferrari with signs in second. And then, I, I hate to say it because it's going to turn into the kind of Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas podium that we were so used to. But I think it'll probably be Verstappen in third. Okay. I'm actually quite glad you've said that because I was expecting you to say what I'm going to say. Okay. I am going to go for the same three. 
but we're going to put Leclerc in first. Okay. I feel like, and then I'm going to put Verstappen in second. And I just feel like this season, I feel like they're just going to go, I'm going to finish first this week. You're going to finish first next week. And it's going to be chop and change, chop and change, back and forth, back and forth every week. Um, <laughs> I mean, I take that. I take that. Um, And then I'm going to say signs in third. Yeah, it's gonna. It really is just gonna become that Hamilton Verstappen Bottas podium that we were horrified but, by. I think it's quite nice for the Ferraris because obviously Sainz has had a couple of podiums before, and now it's you know we're just expecting it of him. He's there. He's there regularly. It's nice for him because obviously it we is. both like Sainz as a driver. Yeah, so... I think he's very an underappreciated gem. I think he's fair to say. No, okay, that's a bit insulting, but no, because you said he's underappreciated, and you yeah. literally just said that. Bottas yeah, but I can't underappreciated. <laughs> I said he's underappreciated now. I can't go back on what I said for three years previous because I'll get called out. Um, he's now yeah, underappreciated. He was overrated when he was at Mercedes. I stand on that hill, but well, maybe signs will become the new Bottas later on. I think when signs. he leaves Ferrari, and yeah, that's what I, I said, didn't I? I said signs. Yeah, you did, yeah. yeah. I, Confusing I, me, mate. <laughs> signs will be signs is signs is signs. He's you can't compare him to anyone else. No, I, I don't want to compare him to Bottas. Just it was because yeah. you used the word underrated. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. I feel like there's. Do we want to do a bold prediction? Well, it depends whether you're actually going to make it bold this weekend. If I'm what? If you're going to make it bold this weekend. Because I, I refuse to believe your Jedi one was bold. McLaren getting points. After the first weekend, I think it was quite bold. <laughs> well, do you know what? I am going to go for a bold prediction. Can I I'm say gonna... mine first? You can. Go ahead. Hamilton to be on the podium. Yeah, I mean, after saying that he's not going to be on the podium in your predictions, uh, it's bold. Well, my bold prediction is allowed to contradict my top three. That's why it's a bold prediction. Okay, I'll, I'll, allow <laughs> I'll allow it. I, I am going to go for a Hass, both Hasses in the top eight. I'm actually going to go bold. I, I think not they're just in, in the points, in the top I, eight. I just think, you know, as I've said, Ferrari power is going to be... You know, it's going to be king with all these DRS zones and all the high-speed corners. The Haas has looked good thus far when it's not been in the wall and in two pieces. Um, yes, so obviously, everyone... Very thankful Schumacher's okay. Yes, very, very glad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we sort of completely brushed over that, didn't we? Like, completely forgot about that one, but... Yes, yes but thankfully he will be back for uh, the race it's very uh, good on Sunday. Think. And obviously the car did exactly what it was meant to do. It just fell to pieces. Exactly that. And obviously the fuel tank didn't burst either, which is good to see because they implemented that after Grosjean's accident. So the fact that that's... Obviously, you don't want it to be tested, but the fact it's been tested and we know it works mm, obviously is uh, another big step forward safety-wise. But yeah, I think that was a big relief for everyone watching at that point. Because obviously he was, on, he was on for... A, I think at the time he was actually on to potentially qualify or get into the top 10. 
yeah, I think if he'd got that lap together, he would have definitely been in Q3, but I think it's uh, still early days for him. His yeah. time will come to get into Q3. Um, I think we've all seen the potential so far this season with, I went to say Verstappen then, Schumacher, not Verstappen. Yeah. Um, we've all seen his potential and I think his, like I say, his time will come and it's just a very, it's, we're all very glad to see that he is okay. Yes, and we also need to remember that Mangton is a very good and very capable midfield driver and he's going to beat Schumacher this season. It's just going to happen. We don't. Yes, we need to not no. freak out about it because Mangton <laughs> is a great driver and it's a very good benchmark for him because he didn't have a benchmark last season because Mazepin was... Was Mazepin. Mazepin was awful. And let's not make any bones about it. He wasn't competition. Um, so he, now he's actually got a very capable driver who got a podium in his first ever race in Formula 1, lest we forget. You know, Magnussen is a very good driver, so let's not overreact to Schumacher not beating well out uh, of sight. Right. I feel like that's enough about Formula 1 now. We do yes. have a different series going on this weekend. We do. The first time we've spoken about it. Formula E. Yeah. Yes, Mario Kart is back. <laughs> Well, it's already been back. This is yeah. round four. Yeah, but it's it's again. felt like it's been a while. This first race in it what has... a month? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah they did a have month. a big gap, which was weird, but you know, it is what it is. It is. Um, obviously, they're racing in Rome, which is yep. lovely. You know, for them. Very scenic. <laughs> Very scenic. Um, so far this season, clearly. Teamwork is making the dream work. It really is. I think that was showcased poetically in Mexico with the uh, top four being all from the same teams in uh, in constructors' order. But also on every podium, you've had two teammates in all yeah. three races, um, and nine drivers have been on the nine podium spots this season so far. So I think it is very open at the moment. Um, but obviously, the teamwork is working. It really is. We have a team. It is. Um, as I say, hopefully uh, we continue this theme of kind of going into each weekend, not knowing who's going to be on top. Um, obviously, it's something we don't usually get in Formula 1 and Formula 2, but usually. I think, I think that is also partly as a result of the new qualifying format which i actually personally really enjoy and i think a lot of people do because yeah i agree you don't really know who's gonna end up where and it's nice to ha i think it's really nice having that sort of dual one-on-one -on -one, um situation because drivers who like you would think are gonna get into the quarterfinal semi-finals don't even make it out of their group stage which and you're sat there it's like it's actually really exciting to watch and if you are not aware of this new qualifying format, you can read our article about it, explaining all the new changes, which is on our website. Yes. Yes. And I explain everything about it and hopefully make it clearer because I feel like I've not really explained it that well. No. Um, but, oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, but obviously, Andre Lotterer, is currently the only person to have qualified in the top five for every race, and he's not so even he... in the top three in the in the drivers' championship. So that no, says everything. But um, I think he is the one who is showing some consistency. So there is some 
around, but not, not too much. much. Um, but obviously, like I said, they are racing in Rome. And last time in Rome, there were a couple of crashes. There were quite a few uh, ding-dongs. <laughs> ding-dongs. Yeah, as where you come there to expect. There were some slight um, incidents. I mean, like you said, it is Mario Kart. So think yeah. Rainbow Road. Um, exactly that. Fan boost. Power boost. Fan boost. Power boost. Whatever. <laughs> whatever they're calling it these days. <laughs> um, but obviously, um, Van Dorn did go on to win the race. But it was quite a close race. Sims ended up second, but only was... 0.666 seconds behind him so you know that is quite exciting oh yeah Ooh. forgot about that one um but yeah it was obviously a close race and then you had verline in third but like i did say there were a couple of incidents in the race obviously cassidy spun from the lead on the first lap in the first corner yeah. luckily he did end up rejoining though so didn't bring out any safety cars or waving of flags or anything. Um, there was also a crash between Degrassi and Buemi when they collided. Yeah, it was a very weird crash as well. Um, Degrassi was trying to defend from Buemi, who'd gone up, tried to go on the inside of him. Um, Buemi lost the car when Degrassi cut across him, rear-ended him and spun him into the wall. Um, in a kind of slight fit of karma, I suppose. Um, but those two have skirmished quite a bit in Formula E, so that's not surprising. And then, obviously, there was also a crash on the last lap with um, a very dramatic the world champion, one. the world champion Nick De Vries, kind of being at fault. I think it's fair to say he got it wrong. I think is probably the the best description if we're being polite. Okay, we're going to be polite about it. Yeah. He got it, he got wrong. it wrong. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was coming up the inside of two cars. Um, and obviously, ended up losing the rear. Um, and then ended up not breaking in time as they were all going into the corner. Ended up crashing into Bird. Roland was an innocent bystander in it all. Yeah. Unfortunate um, for him. You know, De Vries and Bird ended up in the wall. Luckily, Roland ended up in the runoff area was able to just spin his car back around. You don't see that in Formula 1, obviously. They half-time have to just reverse, which is... Yeah, they don't... difficult. It's, yeah, interesting. Um, so, obviously, Roland was able to keep keep going on in the race, but um, obviously the incident meant that De Vries and Bird retired. Yes. Which... Not good for their respective championships at the time. Well, you say that, obviously... De Vries ended up going on to yeah. win, so... At the time. Don't forget <laughs> at my the qualifier. Time, at the time, it wasn't great, but, you know... Some drivers got over it. That came out so weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously it didn't dampen his championship too much, because he obviously did go on to win, and became the first FIA world champion as much as it was Series 7 last year. Yes. Yeah, very confusing, FIA. but... I know. It is confusing because obviously you have got they there are they are all called world champions, but they're just not FIA world champions. Yeah, why why we needed Nick, to add this distinction, I don't know, but I think it's because you have to have travelled to so many different. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, like that I think is the distinguishing factor. Like you have to be in so many continents. For yeah, it to be you're right. FIA. 
FIA World Championship. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so obviously Nick DeVries was the first, unfortunately for, you know, British boy, Jake Dennis yes. in his rookie season, ended up putting it in the wall in the last race, very nearly could have won it. But obviously he still finished third, so yeah. I think at the moment this season, I don't know if I'm being biased, but I feel like he's Britain's best hope. Yeah, not that that's saying much thus far. <laughs> I mean, um, he is currently seventh in the championship, so, you know, that's something. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he has more points than the rest of the British drivers combined at the moment. Well, there um, we go then. I'm not being biased by saying he's Britain's best hope. No, I, I have just double-checked that, and I'm completely correct in saying that, because Dennis has 26 points, Bird has 12, Roland has four, and the rest of the British drivers have zero. So, well, that's what you get go. for finishing third in the first race. So, yeah, exactly um, that. And Mortara is winning the championship at the moment, isn't he? He is. Yes, he is on forty-three points. Um, defending champion De Vries is in second with thirty-eight, and then there's a small gap back to the Porsche pair, who are both on thirty, just to add some nice continuity. I think it is partly Mortara. It's he's been in the right place at the right time, yes. Um, and he's sort of just managed his battery a little bit better than De Vries, I think, at times. Yes, but obviously, I think with how fine they're cutting it now with the batteries towards the end of the races, obviously, we've gone from having the last percent to the last point one percent. Yes, and we really did see that last time out because. Um, it was okay obviously they do the time plus one lap and the front two could have slowed down there was a big enough gap so that they only had to do one more lap but they ended up doing two more laps and a couple of drivers ended up misjudging it and ended up dropping a lot of places sam bird was one of them because their battery just completely was gonna die on them so it is really fine lines in Formula E, which I think makes it quite exciting. It is, and that's what and we wanted. And obviously, it's interactive because, you know, we all get to vote for our favourite driver. Yeah, I mean, I have opinions on that, but we all are. Yeah, but it, it's it is exciting. Really, it is exciting until, you know, Giovinazzi, who is always at the back of the grid, gets fan boost every week. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a better way we could implement fan boost, but... That's a, a discussion for another time. We won't touch on it too much. Oh, I feel like I need to breathe. I feel like yeah. we covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, we covered a lot of ground here. We always do, though. There's always a lot to talk about. There really is. We haven't even talked about uh, going into this weekend who we're, who we're fancying. In Formula E? Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> That's too much pressure. <laughs> I'm going to throw out a top three because... You can't though, because it's. You can guarantee it's not going to be one that was on the podium before. If it, if the last three races were anything to go uh, by, the, the trend's going to be broken. Are you sure about that? Yeah, John Eric Vern is going to win the race. Okay. Which is, you know, pretty outlandish, but I. I mean, I, he did finish third. Last yeah. time out. I'm gonna go for Van Dorn in second. And yep. then Mister Consistency Eduardo Montara is going to finish third. Okay, I think because how, like, I think to be fair, Mortara's um, races have 
come as a result of qualifying, which is sort of the case at the moment with Formula E. Um, I like he has performed well in qualifying, yeah. uh, especially in the last two. Um, so I think I, I I'm not going to say positions. I'm just going to say I can see him on the podium. Oh, you're copping I'm, out. Here. I'm chickening out of this one. It's nearly Easter, you know. I'm going to be a spring chicken. <laughs> I'm just chicken out of it. That was nearly um, as bad as my losing the engine joke earlier. But <laughs> that's one all now. <laughs> oh, we do have fun on this podcast. We really um, do. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Nick DeVries up there. And then... Oh, I don't know who to put in... You want to say Jake Dennis, don't you? I really do. You do want to say Jake Dennis. No, but I'm just going to say it, Jake Dennis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he got he got a podium earlier on, didn't he? If I remember correctly, he got a podium in the first race. Yes, he did. He finished third behind the two Mercedes EQs. Yeah, so it's not totally outlandish, you know. No, it's not. But it would help if he could actually get through to the knockout stages of qualifying. Yeah, he is hamstringing himself a little bit there. Um, I think a lot of drivers are kind of showing themselves up to not kind of be adapting well enough to this new qualifying format but well they all really like it they've said they yeah. really like it because you have to constantly be pushing yeah but then obviously the track develops so you have to then just keep going 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 so it does make it quite exciting it does and it does come down to literally the last minute yeah which is what we want you want action to the last second rather than and it also just makes the qualifying session more interesting to watch because, you know, like in Formula One qualifying, you sort of just sit there and like you sort of know what you're going to get and it, you know what to expect. You know who's going to finish where. It's yeah. not the same level of excitement as in Formula E. And I think that's a really nice change that they've made for this season. Yeah, exactly. And it's nice to, to fair, see them developing the series. Last season's qualifying was just very confusing. I didn't understand it. I mean, you had the whole super pole and i don't even know yeah it's like going back to the super 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 soft tires in f1 when there was about 700 different compounds um and you had the rainbow yeah they had the whole rainbow you remember the ultra softs you had the pinks the purples yeah. the yellows the blues the greens i was about to say do you remember Red. when hard tires were blue a lovely shade of blue, yeah. blue. <laughs> that, that really is a tangent I know, I feel like we're losing it. I feel like we yeah. need to wrap it up. <laughs> I think we might need to before hell breaks loose. <laughs> before we start making all these even more dad jokes. Yeah, no, no, I think this I think it's time. I think it's roll time. the outro. <laughs> <laughs> um guys, thank you so much for sticking with us. I know it's been a very hectic podcast. I know we've gone off on random tangents and it's we've been a marathon. Yes, it has. We've it's been jam packed. I feel like we've had a lot to discuss. Um, so thank you so much for sticking around. Um, let us know what you think about our bold predictions and our top threes for both. Ooh, I can't speak now. For both <laughs> Formula One and Formula E. Um, you can also let us know if you think we're crazy. You know, we'll take. Yeah. <laughs> Just drop your comments on our socials. Thank you once again and we will catch you next time.